0: You're listening to my mom, my dad, on another modern parenting podcast. Grab yourself a cup of coffee and a box of tissues and we are going to talk about postpartum depression. So I Just want to say before I begin that if you have little children around, just to be mindful um, as this might be something that you're going to want to listen to when there isn't little ears around. Um, And another thing is that it is postpartum depression and it tends to be a little bit heavy. Um, So if this is something that you're going through and it's going to be painful to hear my story or other people's stories, then just guarding your heart, that this might not be a podcast that you want to listen to. Um, That being said, um, the main goal of this little podcast here is to, um, you know, just to let you know that you're not alone and that so many women out there understand how you're feeling. And um, I'm just going to go through a, a little bit of information so that you know, if you're feeling this, that we can get you some help. So I'm just gonna start with you know, if you're looking at the statistics of uh, postpartum depression, you'll notice that it's a varying number. You know, between 10 to 20% of women experience postpartum depression. But then after having gone through that myself, I feel like that number is really, really low. Um, you know, a lot of women, uh, Go undetected or unreported or undiagnosed. And for me, when I found out that I had postpartum depression or when I was diagnosed, it felt like getting a new car. So it felt like if you ever get a car and you're just, you think you're the only one and you're super excited that everybody's gonna notice you in this black car. And it turns out that everybody has the exact same car. You see it like everywhere you look, kind of like when you're pregnant. You're so excited and then you find out that everybody's pregnant when you're pregnant. It's kind of like postpartum depression. I found that to be really true for me that it was something I was struggling with and I felt so alone and um, and by myself and so like lost that when I finally got help, I realized that I wasn't struggling uh, alone and that there was so many other Women and men and people going through this at the same time. And so, one of the things that I found I was hearing a lot when I uh, was talking about postpartum to other mothers was, you know, I didn't want to kill myself, or, you know, it, I didn't ever think about hurting my baby, so I didn't have postpartum, which isn't true. Um, that's just one of the symptoms, and I didn't have that symptom. There are so many other forms that postpartum depression takes. Um, and we're going to talk about those symptoms. And so the main point of this is if you feel like you may be experiencing postpartum depression, you really should talk to your doctor. I know many women are afraid to go to their doctor, um, just because they're terrified of going on medication. You know, they hear the horror stories of going on medication and, um, It's not always about medication, and I just wanna put that out there, that the sooner you get help and begin to treat your postpartum, the better it feels. I was struggling for well over a year, and when I had finally got help, it just felt like a huge relief and a huge weight was lifted off of me, and um, I just want you to know that you can get better, and you will get better, and you don't need to feel like this anymore. And um, you have to get better. You know, you really should go talk to your doctor. Um, You know, you're the rock of your family and you're raising a baby, so we want you better. And so that's what this whole podcast is about, is to help you recognize the signs if you're thinking that you might have it and giving you options so that you can get back to yourself. And I just want to say that sometimes you go to your doctor. I had went to my doctor a few times And, um, you know, they're just like, oh, no, it's okay. It's, you know, it could be this, it could be that. And um, you leave still feeling like there's something wrong. Go back and go back again until you get, you know, advocate for yourself and um, say, no, I really do have a problem and get the help that you need. Sometimes doctors, um, you know, have a hard time seeing postpartum when we downplay it you know, oh, you know, I'm I'm really not feeling like myself, you know, but it could be because I'm not sleeping. And then, you know, you're trying to talk yourself out of it because you're scared of being diagnosed with postpartum depression. And so when you're covering it up, your doctor is just going to see the cover up and say, you know what, you're right. Maybe it is just because you're not sleeping. Try and sleep, come back in a week. And the longer you take um, trying different things, you know, the longer it is, until you tell your doctor you know it's getting serious I really need help and the the longer it's going to take for you to get help so if you're just honest and you go into your doctor you know what I found was easiest is I actually wrote down how I was feeling in my phone notes um you know it took me 3 times and then on, when I was home one day I was like you know what I need to write down how I'm feeling and take it into my doctor cuz there's no way that I can verbalize how it feels to my doctor so I took about three weeks. And every time I had a silly thought pop into my mind that felt so real at the time, I would write it down. Every time I noticed something, you know, I noticed the extra 10 pounds, I would write it down. If I noticed that I was missing dinner, I would write it down. And I am going to tell you all those symptoms in a minute. Um, you know, but we're going to start with postpartum depression and what is it? You know, sometimes people ask, What is the difference between baby blues and postpartum depression? So baby blues is something that happens after you have the baby or just before. Your hormones are all over the place and you're leaking from everywhere. It's a huge life transitioning um, happening all at once. And it's normal to feel that way, you know, just feel moody and irritable and overwhelmed, um, you know, crying I remember bending over one time and bawling my eyes out because my socks had matched. I love unmatched socks, and I couldn't find a sock that didn't match, and I just like bawled. And uh, that was with my second baby. And so that is just baby blues, and it goes away on its own. It usually lasts around two to three weeks, Um, but you might find that uh, if it's lasting longer than two or three weeks then you might need to start considering that you might be experiencing postpartum depression symptoms. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story. I um, uh, We planned this baby and it was my third and I felt like I was so excited. I wanted a baby so bad, but at the same time I was leaving a job and I was moving away from my family and moving Five hours away from everybody and everything I knew, the grocery store, and I lived in a small town. And so I knew everybody. They knew me. They knew my life story. And then I was moving to a huge city. Um with into with my boyfriend, who, you know, it was gonna be a first time living together. And I had no experience living in a city, and so. You know That was weighing on me, and I had a really rough pregnancy. I had failed, Um, I don't know if it's failing, but I had a really high percentage of having a Down syndrome baby, so my whole pregnancy was really hard, Um, and you might find me crying like now, and I didn't know what was going to happen, so I didn't know what kind of baby, if I was going to have a baby with uh, Down syndrome or if there was something else going on, I went to weekly um, ultrasounds to the point that I started missing them near the end and I started missing the gestational diabetes tests because I just had had enough and I didn't want to know what was gonna happen. It was something that was really hard for my boyfriend to accept, this was his first child. And so, you know, um, it was really hard. We had a really hard time telling people I didn't tell. My work that I was pregnant, up until three weeks before I left. So I had hid my pregnancy the entire time. Um, and that's something I don't recommend at all. Uh, and you know, I didn't even tell my family or my mom until just, uh, same time around three weeks before we were about to have the baby. And so and his family didn't find out until the week before. So it was really um, last minute. And, and um, I was not showing at all. I had still worked out. I had lost so much weight before the baby. So that was even weighing on me. The fact that I was gaining weight was really hard for me to accept. And so uh, it all started when I was pregnant. And then we moved. I had the baby and I went home for the week and we had went on vacation for the next two weeks and then we had moved. It all happened all at once. It was in the middle of winter. And, um, you know, I was really, really excited. I had been through so much in my lifetime that this felt so right and so easy compared to the things that I've been through. So to me, I was like, you know, I was just in a fog and everything happened all at once. And so I wasn't really prepared for what was going to happen. I was just going through the motions. And I found that things that I had used or techniques and strategies that I'd used to get over things before when I was a single mom just didn't work anymore. I couldn't just go work out whenever I wanted to because I had a partner and two other kids who were at home. It was snow days. And so it was just, I didn't have my usual coping strategies or coping mechanisms or my support group to go talk to because I was hundreds of miles away. So I started finding that, you know, I was a clean freak. I love white counters because I can keep them white. I hate, I fucking hate oil on the stove. I hate when my boyfriend cooks and he would splash oil over the stove and it would set me off. I would be so, so angry that I would be like, you know what? We can't do this. We can't be together because you can't keep the stove clean. And at the time it, uh, it was a real feeling. And now I'm looking back like that was the most irrational thought that I've ever had. And when I was Having such a hard time that was very real for me and it was really hard to let go of. So I found that writing everything down in my phone definitely made it so much easier. So I'm going to find that list right now in my notes. Um, So this is what I wrote in my phone. Um, This is over a three week period and what I noticed. So weight gain for no reason. I was not eating and I was gaining like 10 pounds and five pounds the next week and it was so much weight in such little time. You know, I would find that like, you know, I wouldn't eat one day and then I would like binge eat at night because I was up and I was hungry and I was breastfeeding. Um, I was really tired all the time. I couldn't get up out of bed. Um, My kids, I would have to wake them up at 7 o'clock for school, and I would be waking them up at 7.45, and I still had to make lunches and get them ready for school, and they were late every single day because I just couldn't get up out of bed, and it was so sluggish. I would get home, and we would go back to bed, and the problem, though, is I wouldn't sleep. So I would be so, so tired, and... I couldn't actually fall asleep. And which is crazy. Cause they tell you, you know, when your baby is sleeping, you make sure you get in that sleep. No matter how hard I tried, the baby would sleep. And I just couldn't fall asleep. And, um, you know, I couldn't concentrate. I was trying to start a business at the time of being on maternity leave and I could not concentrate. I just couldn't like put together, how, um, let's say this podcast, I just couldn't put together how to make a podcast when really all I'm doing right now is just talking and I'm talking like I'm talking to somebody and I just, it took me a long time to concentrate. I couldn't, I forgot how to spell from, I was writing a birthday card and I looked at my partner Nelson and I said, how do you spell from? And he was like, are you serious? And I'm like, no, seriously, I can't spell from. And I like bawled because I was like, there's something wrong with me. How can I not know how to spell from? What is even worse is I wrote my name down at the bank one time and I would looked at it and I was like, is that actually my name? Like I couldn't recognize that that was the way I spelled my name. Um, and it's four letters, it's E-C-H-O. And I couldn't, for the life of me, I didn't know if it was E-C-H-O or EHCO and it was not at the point that, I, that at that point I still didn't go to my doctor and say there's something wrong. So this still went on for a couple more months. I um, had no sex drive at all and every time he would touch me and hold me I would get so angry you know like he had no idea that it was a hurricane inside my body. And, um, inside my mind and every time he would touch me, I would be so angry at him. Like, how can you touch me when I feel like this? And I felt so unpretty. I'm just like, how can you touch me when I just had a baby? What about me is turning you on right now? And so that is one of the feelings that I had. Um, I had really bad periods. Things tended to magnify the week before my period and would last two weeks after. And so I got one good week out of the month where I was kind of okay. And the rest, I was just shit and crazy and awful. And my periods were awful. I was soaking through a super plus tampon within an hour and a half or to two hours. And so it was really hard to go anywhere, do anything. I was having up to three to four showers a day um, because I would leak. And so there was that. The next thing on my list was I was so irritable. You know, my kids just want to tell me about something they did during the day and I would snap. Like I would be trying to make dinner and you know, they would come up to me and be like, you know, I need help. Can you put batteries in the challenger? And I would just lose my shit. Um, crying for no reason. I would literally pretend that I had to go grocery shopping and um, I would sit in my car and just cry. I would drive to the local uh, grocery store, and I would just sit there and cry and think about running away. I would think that, you know, my baby would be in the backseat, and I would just think that I could run away. I could go on a trip and come back when I'm feeling better. Anything. I could join the military, I could go start working at West into the oil companies where I'm away from my family three weeks at a time and it would be better than being a mom right now. And that was really hard for me. And still, I did not go to my doctor because I didn't feel like that was the reason I wasn't thinking about hurting myself. And that is the only thing that kept me from going to the doctor. The next thing on my list was the feeling of feeling worthless. Great. This is the next thing on my list. I can't even stop crying right now. Okay. So feeling worthless. It was like, you know, all these other moms can have their shit together. And here I am like laying on the couch with my baby when I could be doing laundry. There's so much laundry. And I would think things like, He could have any other girl in the world, and she could probably do these things. um, You know, he deserved so much better, and here I am, you know, struggling to do dishes Um, when it came to about 12 o'clock, and I had to figure out what I was making for dinner that night. I just couldn't. I couldn't think about what to pull out for dinner. I didn't have the energy to just, like, make that decision. And I felt so worthless. You know, I had headaches like crazy. You know, I felt less like a mom. Um, I just did not want to go outside. I had huge body issues after having this baby. It was my third C section, and my stomach just didn't go back the same way. And it was a new doctor. I don't know if that makes a difference. Um, But I felt like. I went outside and everybody was looking at me. I didn't feel safe. I didn't want to go outside and exercise. So that was another thing is if I, you know, I kept thinking, you know, if I just go outside and I walk, I will be better. And when I came back in, I was so much worse. Then when I went for a walk before I went for a walk and I was thinking that going out for exercise would give me so much energy and the sun, people keep telling me that if I just go outside and the sun hits me, I'll feel so much better. And it just was not working. I doubled up on my vitamins is on next on my list and I couldn't poop, but they did not help. Um, although they do recommend that you do take prenatal vitamins, um, to prevent, uh, your risk of getting postpartum depression. Um, it wasn't a cure and it was not working. Um, I get angry for no reason. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to do laundry. I didn't want to do dishes. I didn't want to do dishes. I didn't want to cook. I didn't want to go outside. I didn't want to watch my kids play sports. I didn't want to talk on the phone. I didn't want to message people back. I couldn't, and I didn't want to do anything. I didn't do anything all day and it felt like it went by so fast. It felt like I just woke up and it was already nighttime, and I had done nothing. Um, I couldn't make decisions. I would go grocery shopping and I would need 1% milk. And there were so many other percents and there are so many other different kinds that I didn't know what kind of milk to get that I would stand there for about five minutes or more and trying to decide what milk I was going to get. I felt numb. I wasn't happy. I wasn't sad. I just felt nothing. You know, um, Nelson would tell me something and at the time that I should be so excited, I was just like, that's cool. Like I didn't have any kind of reaction and you know, I'd watch a sad movie and I, I couldn't stop crying, but I felt nothing You know, I didn't feel in love with my baby. I didn't feel as though we were connecting. I felt like she was just this child that felt like an alien that I had just given birth to and she wasn't mine. And I felt like she was somebody else's baby and I was just bringing her here. It was just the oddest feeling and I've never felt that before. And, you know, I just felt sore all over. My stomach would ache. My back was sore. My legs would be sore. My arms would be sore. And so this is what I wrote on my list. Um, There are so many other things I probably could have added. Things like, you know, um, I would be driving and I would be terrified to go for a drive because I felt like something big was going to happen. You know, like um, I felt like I felt guilty that my daughter had a car seat in the middle of the car and my other two kids had to sit on the sides. I felt like if we were in an accident, they would be less likely to live and it ruined me. I would think about that the whole drive and I'm talking about five hours back home to see my family and that whole drive, I would be absolutely terrified that something was going to happen. There were times where I thought for sure something was going to happen that I actually canceled the whole weekend and I didn't go and I didn't leave the house because I felt like something was going to happen. I was terrified to drive. I was terrified to go grocery shopping. And the moment that I realized that I should go to my doctor, it was none of these. I was actually at a baby shower and um, it wasn't a baby shower. It was actually a diaper party. It was before she was having her baby. And so the point of the diaper party was to bring diapers for, um, you know, things that you gonna need, diaper and wipes, and whatever else you wanted to bring for her after she had her baby because it was her second baby. Um, and so just help her out a little. So I showed up, and it was all women, and they were, um, some were pregnant, some had just had children, and they were so genuinely happy. I remember a point where I was sitting down on the couch and I just didn't want to hold my baby. She was about a year at this point and I just didn't want to hold her. And so I was looking around and she was, someone else was holding her and, um, I was sitting there and somebody was standing beside me with their baby. And I was like, for the love of God, do not ask me to hold your child. Cause I do not want to hold your child. And if you know me, that is the exact opposite of who I am. I love babies so much it takes all of me not to ask a stranger that I see in the grocery store to hold their babies because I love babies so so much. That I remember sitting there and being like, "Okay, this is not me." And I looked around the room and I was pretending to be happy and I could see the difference. I could see the how happy other moms were and they were smiling and laughing and I was just crumbling inside. I was just the shell of who I was. And I was just not me anymore. And it was that night. It was actually a Friday, a Saturday night. And I felt like I needed to call my doctor tomorrow. I need to call my doctor on Monday morning and I need to get in because there's something really not wrong with me. I've been to my doctor a few times before and I was like, you know, it must be my hormones. And he would test my hormones and be like, nope, they came back clear. And I would be like, okay, hey, well, I must have something wrong with my like uterus because it hurts so bad. And he would send me for ultrasounds and it would come back. Nope, you're okay. And then I accepted it that, you know what, maybe I just have postpartum depression. And so that Monday when I walked in, I had handed him that list and he had looked at it and he said to me, so do you think that you might be depressed? And I just bawled and he handed me a box of tissues. And I remember saying, I am so sorry. I'm crying. That's literally the fucking problem. I just can't stop. And we laughed and he was like, you know what? I'm going to give you a couple tests. He handed me an iPad and here's the tricky part. I have actually been trained on how to diagnose women with postpartum depression. How ironic. And so I was like, lying on the test because I looked at him and I'm like, you can't give me this test because I know the answers. I've given it to myself 300 times before and I can talk myself out of every single one of those questions. And so he had went and gotten me a couple more tests and brought them back and they're multiple choice. I filled them out really quick. I think it took me about 20 minutes. I filled about four tests out and it came back that I was moderately to severely depressed. And So right away, he sent me to an appointment with a psychiatrist and I got in the week after and he, um, you know, I was so against medication. I had actually went to a, uh, a naturalist and I tried to find all the vitamins that I could to help myself get better. And medication was definitely the last resort I wanted to do. And he looked at me and said, what are you so scared of? And I said, how can I be somebody who helps moms if I'm on medication myself? And he looked at me and said, Echo, he's like, you can help moms so much more because you have been through this. You're not reading it from a book. You are literally experiencing it and it is going to help moms so much more than it will somebody reading from a book and diagnosing them. I started medication. He said, take this with food. And it was lunchtime. <laughs> um, so I had taken it and I shouldn't have, I should have gotten home first. Cause immediately I felt really drunk. Um, thank goodness my partner was home for the next four days and, uh, literally two hours after I had taken that first pill, I had sat down on the couch and my partner had just held me and he said, you know, let's watch a movie. And he put one on and for the first time in my entire life, the last couple of years, um, I could watch a movie and not have three to-do lists going, not be worrying about how worthless of a mom I am because there's laundry over there and there's dishes in the sink and there's dinner that needs to be cooked, for the first time in my life, I could sit and just watch the movie and not worry about how I look as I'm sitting on the couch or not worrying about I should straighten my hair because every other mom straightens their hair and I need to look as good as them to look like I have my shit together. I was literally just sitting on the couch, watching the movie. Everything else was quiet and it felt so good. And I just want to say, that's my story. There are so many other symptoms um, with postpartum depression. You know, Um, I didn't have thoughts of dying or suicide or harming my child. Um, You know, but it may, you know, but maybe I did have, you know, so I did think that, um, sorry, I'm just wiping my nose. You know, I did have those thoughts of hurting myself. I know I had thoughts of cutting off my stomach because I just wanted to have a normal, to have a stomach, but not the C section pouch. And it was only a couple months postpartum, but I thought, you know, I'm not actually gonna do it. (laughs) Um, But of course, if you do feel this way and you think you might actually be at risk um, of suicide or hurting yourself or hurting your baby or someone near to you, you need to call the suicide hotline or your doctor or 911. And, um, the number for the suicide hotline is 1-800-SUICIDE or call 911 and let them know that you are in suicide danger. Um, and those are just some of the things that you may feel. Um, you're not going to feel all of them. You may feel all of them, but talk to your doctor and don't be afraid. You're not a bad mom. I remember the mom guilt and the loneliness and, it felt like I was so alone and that everybody was judging me and you're not alone. There are so many other women going through this. Um, and you're not a terrible mom. It is your hormones. Um, you didn't think yourself into this. It's not something that you just, you know, you, you thought yourself into post depression. You thought about too much of it. Um, it's literally your hormones. they're in such a flux, and your judgment is impaired, your perception is off, and you know, you're inhibiting your ability. Um, they just inhibit the hormones inhibit your ability to handle normal things. Um, you know, things that normally you could do like doing the dishes and doing laundry, it just becomes an overwhelming and exhausting task. And, um, you know, there are so many things that you can do and seeing a doctor will help you. And, um, it's not all about medication. I just want to say that I know plenty of other moms who, you know, they got over it by just going outside and getting sunlight and getting exercise, um, getting some fresh air. And there's going to be some tips that your doctor is going to give you. Um, some of the tips that I got as well as uh, medication, which works for me was, um, getting outside, getting fresh air, getting exercise. Um, one of the biggest things that helps me is meeting other moms and friends who understand what postpartum depression is and what it is like to go through it. Um, definitely some vitamins. My doctor gave me some vitamins to take. Um, and, uh, definitely, um, sleep. It was really hard for me to sleep, but, um, knowing that that's something that's really going to pull you out of this is just getting sleep. I actually, one of the reasons why I had to start medications because I wasn't sleeping. And so finally getting over two hours at a time of rest at night made the world of difference. You know, eating well and nutritious snacks and meals helps times a thousand. You know, instead of eating a muffin for breakfast and you know a muffin for lunch and a muffin for dinner actually eating was a huge difference for me i was healthier you know your brain can't be healthy if you're not filling it with nutritious food and you know this is a great practice to have especially if you have kids um in the is just to having healthy eating habits really helps your mental health and keep your brain healthy um, So I found that's one of the things that also helped me. But one of the biggest things for me, um, and I'm not even kidding, was actually starting Modern Parenting, Um, being able to talk to parents about how I'm feeling openly in this closed group called Modern Parenting Hub. If you are not part of it, I would highly recommend joining. It's an amazing group where we can openly talk about how we feel and the day that I opened up and I told moms uh, how I was feeling was the day that everything started to change for me. There was so many other people out there who are going through the same thing that I got. So many messages of moms asking me what had I felt like and asking me for help. And, um, you know, when I had told them, you know, just seeing my doctor it changed my life. And them going to get help and coming back to me and be like you know what you saved my life I went to see my doctor and we're on the road to recovery you know he told me it was going to be a long process you know whatever but it made the world of difference to know that just opening up about my story was helping other moms so definitely finding a friend who is going through the who's going through the same thing joining modern parenting and um Getting on the inside with lots of tips and different things for you and for your partner or for people around you who are supporting you makes the world of difference. Um, And so one of the last things that I want to talk about to make this a little bit more happier and leave on a happier note is, um, you know, focusing on the people around you. So this might be a podcast, um, you know, that you want to show friends um, we're going through this so that they can, you know, tell the people around them, um, what they need from them. And, um, or it's a great podcast to share with people so they know what you're going through and this will give them some ideas on how to help you. Um, this part is for your partner or for your husband or for your parents or for your friends so they know what they can do to help. And so these are the things that I found that really helped me. So the first one was making dinner and snacks. I did not eat. And people just assumed because lunchtime had come and passed that I had lunch, I didn't. So make something, bring something, put it in front of her and let her eat it. And don't just leave, you know, stay around chat while she's eating. Um, make it and, you know, put it in front of her ready to eat and she won't turn it down. Um, and another thing that I found was don't assume that moms who had just had a baby want to be left alone. I found that people were like, oh, I was going to come over last week, but you know, I didn't because I felt like you had just had the baby two weeks ago and you just need some time to like cope. So let me know when you want me to come around. I'm never going to tell you when to come around. If you want to come around, let me know when you're coming over and come over. Don't come empty handed, you know, bring something for dinner, bring a snack, um, and just come over for a genuine chat to to. See how I'm doing. Um, So that's something definitely, uh, you know, just don't assume that all moms want to be left alone after they have kids to adjust to their new life because some moms um, who went on maternity leave lost all of their social networking and all their social life. Um, You know, work is, for some people, is more time than they spend with their family. And so when you leave a job like that you're leaving all of the social interaction and human interaction that you have to be at home with your child so definitely coming over chatting with mom um, is great another thing that I find if you are chatting with your wife or or if you're meeting somebody and you're like and they have a baby don't be fake don't say, oh my gosh, she's so precious. You must be so happy. Um, parenting hood is the, you know, being a new mom is the best feeling of life. It's so great. And you're, you must love it because honestly, we all know that it's fucking bullshit and that parenting is so fucking hard and being a new mom, there's not a lot of joy about it. I mean, you get a baby, they're really, really cute and precious and adorable and stuff but being a new parent isn't cute. Leaking from every hole of your body is not cute. Um, so just being real, letting them know that you know what parenthood is really like. And they, um, a mom is more likely to open up to you if you are being honest. And they're more likely to come to you with how they might be feeling or struggling if you are open and willing to... Um, listen to the hard times of parenting. Um, So keeping that in mind, um, being real and not being fake. Another thing for partners or for um, parents is letting her sleep. So if you can, taking that baby either out of the home for a walk or grocery shopping with you and telling mom that she needs to go right now and she needs to go lay down in bed, take her to her room, let her lay down you know, plugging in her cell phone and away from the bed so that she can rest and she's not hearing the baby crying. Another thing that I found that really helped was just being able to have a shower and not hearing the baby cry in the background. If baby's crying, get outside, go for a walk and calm that baby down because mom needs a few seconds to just breathe without hearing a baby screaming for her. I remember the painful feeling that my body had, my Muscles would all tighten and my boobs would start to leak as soon as I heard my baby cry. So it made having a shower, um, sleeping, you know, walking away and breathing very, very, very hard when I knew that my baby needed me. Um, Another thing would be don't ask if she wants you to do the dishes. Of course, she's going to say, No, I got it. Just leave them. It's okay. I'll do them. You know, i got so many other things to do. Totally the dishes. I got lots of time on my hands to do the dishes. No, just do the dishes. Don't ask. Because if she has to tell you that, um, uh, you know, if she has to tell you that she needs help, it makes her feel like she's incapable of being a mom. And so taking that upon yourself and recognizing that there's piles of laundry that need to be done or There's dishes that need to be done or a bathroom that needs to be sanitized. Just do it and don't ask. And let her blame you, you know? As moms, one of our defense mechanisms is like, oh no, I totally got it, leave the dishes, leave the dishes. When we know that fully well that we're not gonna do those dishes and we need help. Recognizing that she's overwhelmed and doing it makes the world of difference. As same as making decisions. It is so hard for a mother going through postpartum depression, to make decisions. So whether that's grocery shopping with her, um, you know, helping her pick out things, making the doctor's appointments for her, um, just do it. Don't ask. Um, You know, picking out what's for dinner. Don't ask. Do it. Just make it. Um, Because if she's overloaded, there's way too much on her plate. And Just help her out because she can't seem to make decisions right now. If she needs to go out and spend time with her friends, find a babysitter, you know, um, help her out, help her make decisions. And, uh, you know, um, call her friend if you just need help, you know, taking care of the baby and cleaning at the same time. Um, And let her blame you. If she's angry that you called a friend to see her messy house, it's okay. She's going to forgive you when the house is clean. (laughs) Um, So just knowing that there's so much going on that she just needs some help making those decisions. And so whether that means asking family members to take a step back, um, asking friends to come over, do it for her, and don't ask her if she needs it, and... Another thing is I find that um, most men find themselves asking themselves, you know, why can't she just do the laundry? She's done it a million times before. Um, You know, don't ask yourself, why can't you get over this? What is taking you so long? Because it is so hurtful. And don't ever say that out loud. Try not to think it because I want to tell you right now that she's thinking the exact same thing. She's wishing that she could just snap back and snap out of it and be who she was but she just doesn't know where she is and she just doesn't know how to get out of this and she's wishing she could. She wishes so hard that this never happened in the first place and that she could just be herself and do the fucking laundry but she can't. She just can't and it would be great if you Um, the best piece of advice that I can give a partner, a friend, or a parent is to get a, you know, book, um, written in first person, um, a first person experience story or, um, you know, a thing written by somebody who is going through first, um, you know, in first person going through postpartum depression. That's the best thing that you can do. Um, you know, there's a couple that I can recommend. Um, Brooke Shields, um, Down Came the Rain is a really good one. It's a bit extreme, um, but I feel like there's a lot of things in there that regular moms feel. And one of the most amazing things that I've recently read was Chrissy Teigen, um, John Legend's wife, uh, going through postpartum depression and she had made a post. I think she shared it on, you can just find it, just search it on Google and it should pop up. It really does explain how, um, women feel going through postpartum depression. And I find that reading those personal first person experiences helps you understand what postpartum depression is a little bit more. And, um, another thing is if you're going through it and you want them to know how you feel and you can't get it out, talking about it, um, getting those books, getting those stories, and being like, hey, you know, can you check this out and sending them the link um, for them to read, it will totally um, help them open up, you know, their eyes a little bit more to how you might be feeling, and it might be a little bit more helpful to you when they know a little bit about how you might feel. And last but not least. I just want to point out that just because this is her second or third or fourth or fifth or sixth baby, um, or if she's having a single tin after she's had triplets or twins, don't just assume that she has her shit together because she's been here before, you know, any race culture, um, Any professional, any mother, parent, father, um, adoptive parent can get postpartum depression. So don't just assume that because she's been here before, she can't get postpartum depression. Um, And if you haven't had, if she hasn't had postpartum depression before, don't think that she can't get it. And, you know, if you do have more children, you're more likely to experience postpartum depression because you have more on your plate. So just keeping that in mind that, um, you know, just because, you know, she's been here before and it's not her first rodeo. Don't think that, um, you know, everything is going to be exactly the same, the second way around. And don't forget that just because it's your second baby, you know, mom still needs your help. She still needs help around the house. She still needs your support. Um, so definitely keeping that in mind. And so I'm going to, this concludes the postpartum depression podcast. I am so happy to finally get that out there. There are so many things that I probably wish that I could go on and on and talk about. Um, for right now, I'm going to drop it here. Um, if you want to talk more about this and talk to me, send me a message. Uh, my email is echo at modernparentinghub.com. Join the Modern Parenting website at www.modernparentinghub.com or join the group. It's on Facebook. You'll find it at Modern Parenting Hub. Um, You know, if you want to chat with other parents about how you might be feeling on any sort of topic, you know, join the group and feel free to be open because there are so many other parents there. You know, if you're thinking that you're the only one going through it, you're going to very quickly find that you're not the only one and definitely talking about it um, out loud opens the airways for people to share their experiences of going through it and people who are going through it but are too scared to say anything also get the help so just keep that in mind and thank you for listening have an amazing day